which IT architects try to get non-coding environments for creating products. I don't think that's going to work. I think what a product and distribution platform needs to provide is a framework for an underwriter to underwrite risk. Welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted, the show dedicated to innovation in the insurance industry. Each episode, you'll get a dose of thought leadership from the industry's top business minds, influencers, innovators, and executive leaders. If you want to transform your corner of the industry and exchange innovative ideas, you need to subscribe to this podcast. Now here's your host, Abel Travis. Hey everyone, welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted podcast, where we dedicate our discussion to insurance innovation. So I have the opportunity today to speak with Nicholas Sir. Now he's the co-founder and chief executive officer of Casco, a company that enables insurance carriers to provide world-class products without reprioritizing IT spend. Nick, it's a great pleasure to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited. Yeah, no, I think this is really going to be great. So, <laughs> hey, you know, I, I had a chance to look at your history. And, um, you know, as, as I looked at what you're doing, you have such a diverse background in so many different things. So, you know, if you don't mind, you know, talk to me about your history and then what got you into wanting to transform the insurance space. <laughs> funny, funny, funny you should say that. I mean, that's at, um, certainly how it felt to me. Um, but I, I think it's actually a pretty clear, clear path. So I got into insurance um, from a family background. So our family business was um, MGA classic car business that got me through school. Really, re really good business. And I always wanted to follow my dad's footsteps. So I um, you know, finished school, went to England, uh, studied uh, management with a focus on insurance, um, came back to Germany, worked for a large commercial broker. Finally, uh, got to where I always wanted or thought I wanted to be into the family business and realized this was really not my space. And one thing which I could have probably learned a little bit or known before, I'm not a car buff, very un-German um, of me, but as you can imagine, a classic car MGA People like their cars um, around that, so that didn't really fit. Um, but more importantly, the business was really going well, but I didn't really feel where I could add value, especially when you think about doing this for 40 years. So um, I sat down and decided uh, to do something else, went into strategy consulting because I thought it was, because I honestly didn't know what else to do. <laughs> Um, and I thought it was, um, um, and I, I still believe, right? Um, I think it's a really good training ground. Um, you then have to decide whether you want to, um, you know, become a, a partner at a consultancy firm. But I think it's it's really, really interesting, a really good training ground. Um, did that for financial services and um, then decided to um, start Casco in 2015 with my co-founder, but I have, you would imagine that I would have pushed for the insurance scheme. It was actually my co-founder. Um, I, I was, I was kind of done with insurance. And he was like, you know, honestly, do we want to do the next travel app? I'm pretty sure. I don't know what, but the insurance experience from an end consumer, there are angles that could be improved. If you find a way of um, figuring out a business need, I'll figure out how to put it on a technology platform. 
and we haven't looked back. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great story. So um, that actually then brings you full circle from where your beginnings are with your family all the way through to uh, what you're doing today at, at Casco. And, uh, you know, it's a, a, a huge value proposition in terms of what you all are trying to accomplish. So, you know, if you don't mind, you know, talk to me about what your value proposition is for Casco and what you all are really trying to solve. Okay, so I think there's... Um, so. On a market size, what we're really trying to solve is the inefficiencies in um, creating and distributing insurance products, right? I mean, um, it depends by market, but um, you, you can get some figures if you want to blow up that number that um, up to 40% of your premiums are actually spent on distribution and administration, not actually claims payout. That's not across the whole board and it, 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 it varies hugely. But to me, um, that's the huge inefficiency considering how relevant insurance is um, to the economy as a whole and to people's lives. Now, taking a step back, what we're, how we're trying to, to, to help um, or, or solve on that problem is we focus on insurance companies, um, could be MGAs, but usually it's insurance companies. And currently we're solving um, a very immediate problem, which is there's ample opportunity in the market arising from you know, changing customer behavior, more um, data, more technologies, and all of the above together, and very limited IT capacity. Let's not even talk about capability. Let's just talk about capacity. So ample basically unlimited opportunity um, and very restricted capacity. And we bridge that gap by, um, by our InsurTech um, as a service offering. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I and I think um, you know I, I'd like to, to dig a little bit in, uh, deeper into that, right? Because there is, uh, to your point, very restricted capacity. Um, but um, but even though um, when you look at the capacity and the ability within, let's let's you know take it to, from the perspective of the incumbent carriers, uh, the capabilities um, overlaid on top of that sort of gives makes it sort of a triple whammy, right? In terms of not being able to address um, effectively and efficiently the customer needs and the customer expectations without a really significant IT spend, right? Now, you know, with that said, you know, I, I look at what you all are doing and we'll get more into the technical components of it, but when you overlay your capability and um, a lot of the legacy carriers that are out there, they're still on platforms that might be 20, 30 or so years old. So there's a, an overhaul that may even need to be done even to allow those platforms to consume APIs. You know, so as a part of the creation of, um, of, of what you all are doing, how are you engaging those organizations that are still on platforms that may not be able to effectively consume your capability? Um, and then, you know, where do you see that being able to shift the way that um, organizations like yours engage with carriers in the industry? Okay, so um, basically we come in and we assume that there's that the IT landscape of the insurers is what it is and it's not going to change um, anytime soon and um, any digital transformation program is just going to take a lot of time because there's complex problems um, that need to be solved and as you said you know, have 20 30 years legacy IT and yet now you need to do migration and that's that's just very very complex problem so the way we um, 
when what we mean by um, an insurtech as a service, we can also call kind of you know insurtech in a box. And actually, the magic behind it is being independent on the pricing and underwriting parts of the policy administration, payments, distributor onboarding, um, and customer engagement side of the IT infrastructure. So we don't integrate with insurance companies through APIs. We batch data into their systems, but we provide an API um, layer um, on top of them which we can then expose to um, their distribution partners and touch points. Um, and I guess the secret behind it is um, to be able to think in, in different phases. Now, we always, be, and, and what we're doing is we're not, and, and I think this is critical, we're not solving the existing IT administration problems of insurance companies. I think there's really great companies out there. Um, you know, you can think about, I don't know, Guidewire, Duck Creek, what you like. But I don't want, these are complex product, products and problems. And I think um, there's a reason why they thrive because they're solving really relevant problem. That's not what we're trying to, to, to address. What we're trying to address is the distribution problem. How do you get the right product at the right point to the right customer. So we kind of come outside in and we'll um, follow a greenfield approach and we'll just solve for new business. And then at some point, um, the insurer needs to say um, whether they want to um, directly integrate it, batch import it, run it on our system, but we'll, we'll create an insurer not from the inside out, but from the outside in. Absolutely. Okay, so I think that actually makes more sense because then I think what that allows you to do is not be uh, restricted and constricted by the legacy constraints within some of the insurance carriers that you all are working with. You know, so, so to me, that makes a ton of sense. Now, when you're solving for the distribution capabilities, you know, there's, there's so many different components to that on, on ter in terms of the, dis the distribution and acquisition, especially if you're trying to enable uh, a carrier to uh, capture a customer um, and then quickly be able to, you know, quote and buy. You know, if, if you want to use that as an example, which will then help them to grow their their, their base of premium that that's coming in from that from that area. Now, you know, with that said, you know, on the back end infrastructure, there are, to your point, the organizations like Guidewire and Insurity and Duck Creek that are um, handling the capability around the rating and the components of that. But, you know, as you all are overlaying your capability on top of that, you know, how is that being received by the carriers? And, and when you think about the simplicity and the ease of making that work, are you finding that it's playing out um, as, as you imagined in, in regards to how you work with these carriers? Yes, we do layer on top of an existing um, carrier infrastructure. However, we don't require the classical rating engines, etc., to be provided in a digital format to us. But usually we replicate them on our own um, infrastructure and then allow the carrier to expose these through modern APIs and flexible workflows to their various distribution partners. Um, the one thing that makes it so much easier for us that we don't start, you know, Guidewire was originally a claim system. So they, their thinking must have been dominated by how do you regulate claims? What are the 
processes involved in regulating a claim and how do I build out an insurance company from that? And they're talking to IT architects and insurance companies who's, who want to create a, a coherent um, IT infrastructure. We come from the outside and it's just like, we're, we're basically salespeople, right? It's like, whatever works. Whatever works to acquire a customer and make sure that um, we, we get the onboarding and not worry too much on how that might feed into your um, um, accounts and into the um, in, into the policy administration system itself, because we believe that pricing and underwriting and the processes around um, will, and being flexible around that, will be the muscle that insurance companies will need to learn in order to um, strive in, in, in a system where um, digital touch points or distribution channels might look a little bit less um, homogenous than they look today. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good approach because I think what you're doing then is you're truly then focusing on the customer experience. And then in the background, I, I think that, you know, you're leaving sort of like the, the nuts and bolts of how it's working to not only the platform that, that, that you're designing, but also um, the, the way that it works for the specific carrier that you're engaging with to help them transform that customer experience. You know, so um, I, I do really feel that this is a... a, a, a definitely sort of a transformational way to not only connect the customer, but also to um, uh, for an insure tech like yours to engage the carrier. Now, you know, with that said, I could assume that the process uh, that uh, you all deploy in terms of working with uh, the, the carriers in the industry isn't one that's homogenous and it's one that's sort of tailored to the, the customer that you're engaging. So I'm wondering, you know, Nick, would you mind, you know, talking a little bit about what the, that process is like in terms of working with carriers and then what your speed to market is? Because I would see this as something that once deployed could really give a carrier a competitive advantage over others that aren't using the same capabilities. So talk to me about that that element of your product number one our when we when we look at um, carriers um, our um, target audience is the is whoever's um, in charge of product and or distribution because um, those folks um, usually have a m much higher time constraint and it's basically sales is always more time constrained than operations <laughs> it's just a matter of fact um, so we focus on product um, and, and, and distribution. Um, the way we engage with, um, um, with them today is be bearing in mind that we assume um, that there's an IT capacity constraint, right? There's so many big problems to solve that are so immediate and so worthwhile on the PNL. where I, as an entrepreneur, would also put my, I mean, it's not like, I don't prioritize based on, um, you know, probability and um, um, severity of outcome, right? I do exactly the same calculation, um, but that these business opportunities um, kind of sit somewhere else. So we focus on product and distribution. We ask them, okay, we ask two questions. What's the channel? What's the product? Those two combinations we need to understand because those two dictate the process that is required to model it on our platform. Um, and then we really just need three things from the product people. We need a pricing and underwriting logic, usually in Excel, because that's what an underwriter conceives of, the, of a product. Um, we need the legal documents and word. Um, we need the customer journey in PowerPoint. We're, we're using Microsoft Office and, you know, 
not not because I'm a fan or not a fan of, of Microsoft, but because this is what an underwriter usually uses. And as of today, we um, there's another big problem is between understanding of the business side and the technology side with an insurance company. And we kind of interject that and just say, okay, we're with business. That's, that's what's inherent in InsurTech as a service. It's not just the technology, it's also the startup vibe, you know, being a product owner and saying, okay, let me understand what you mean. We understand technology. We also understand insurance. So I'll, I'll actually let you know how that should pan out in terms of functionality. And you would not believe how much time I spend on convincing insurance companies to downgrade the technical functionalities on their product, effectively meaning that I make more money in the short term because I don't believe that they this functionality is required to get the first thousand customers it might be required to manage the next fifty thousand customers yeah yeah in, in that approach uh, of course you know i look at that sort of a more as of um, of an mvp approach especially as they're looking to test out the capabilities and really that is something that is core to uh the the, the process of innovation and transformation in the insurance industry if i if i could um just just add one one point on the mvp um approach because and you know we we hear about it and test and learn and it um yes we do test enable test and learn we do mvp but to me there's it feels a little bit like oh yeah it's mvp people playing around in the sandbox you know it's like little children um to me, it's a fundamental way of how to you think about a product. We always I, we kind of flip it around and we say, okay, unless you know exactly what's going to happen, what is the probability of whatever product distribution functionality combination that being the best combination right now without having pushed it to market? Um, um, how high is that probability? And how high is that that is not going to change? So the problem that I have with the word kind of MVP that is now kind of kind of being used is a little bit, oh, yeah, we can test and learn and we do some experiments and then we kind of go back. To me, this is an ongoing process of iteration um, and trying to find the fastest and most cost efficient way to get the consumer to use or pay my pay for my product. Because I, I kind of feel that this MVP thing is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the innovation people, they do the MVP, but we do the real business. And I kind of go, yeah, it's very easy to deploy a new, an upgraded product in the existing channel. And actually, most IT companies solving for the insurance company, they came in after the business was already there. So in terms Right. That's that's a different that's a different take. You kind of go, oh, I already have this business, so I now need to solve for efficiencies. We're trying to 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 position ourselves in the market. So where's the new business going to come from? How can technology enable you? Chances are you need a different mindset. Yeah, no, no, that 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 makes a lot of sense. You know, um, when 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 I think about um, so so I'm I'm in alignment with you. Right. When you when you think about the, the term MVP, I, I think people 
look at it from the perspective of, you know, not really putting out something that's full and, um, and truly viable. Um, but, you know, what, what, what I think about it is, well, it really helps to um, streamline the, the process of transformation without having to worry about building a full capability um, that you don't need to solve for immediately. So, so I think the point that you made around, you know, you could solve for the first uh, one to 10 to 20,000 customers without having a need to solve for the needs of 100,000, which, by the way, you may not get to until, uh, you know, uh, five years down the line before you hit that 100,000 number. So in essence, you're still giving a full capability based on the needs of, of, of the customers that you're engaging with at that point in time. So, so, so really, it's not truly um, you know, minimum, minimally viable. It's, it's, um, it's something that's viable for the customer segment that you need to serve at that point in time. You know, so uh, so just, just, just thinking about that, you know, I, I wanted to, um, to look a little bit more broadly and then switch gears, right? Because Casco is solving a, a, a challenge that's been around um, in the insurance segment for, for quite some time. Now, when you look beyond the capabilities that you all are solving in your organizations, you know, what are some of the other biggest challenges that you're seeing in the insurance space that really needs a champion to come in and help to transform? Okay, so um, maybe let me rephrase that question slightly. Um, it's and, and because I get asked this question a lot um, from some of our partners um, when they say, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? Right? Where should we place our bets? And my answer is, honestly, I believe in like anyone else, although I hate the word ecosystem, but yet partnerships will matter more. Um, insurance as utility is going to increase as you as you can use this data and, you know, services rather than just um, indemnification are going to pick up when they're going to pick up, in which format, uh, in, in, you know, in, in, in which industry, specifically in which vertical, no one knows. But the one core element um, that all of this requires is finding a better way to partner. So if I were to place my one card um, on something that I, that I know that's going to work anyway, is how to find a um, commercial governance, incentivization, cultural, whatever you want to call it, um, framework of how to opportunistically partner, find a good partnership, get in, get out, or double down. Because everyone, I mean, I've, I've, people still apparently sign 20-year distribution agreements. To me, that's a bit crazy, right? Um, but that is the core thing. It's that mindset. Become entrepreneurial. Become opportunistic. Take calculated bets. Yeah, have an idea of where you want to go, but be flexible on how you want to get there. Because I get so many people, yeah, but we need to figure out the strategy. Um, and I was like, but we're in a we're not we're not in a complicated system we're in a complex system that means we have no idea i mean i, I didn't pay enough um, attention in physics in school um or at university but um, you just cannot predict the impact the 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 um, ripple down effects of certain things happening in a complex system so strategy it's a really ineffective and costly risk mitigation mechanism, whereas um, 
opportunistic deployment and having a staged approach of how to um, place calculated bets, which, by the way, should be inherent in the DNA of an insurance industry, which always took calculated bets by definition, um, that is what I would focus on. And then the rest will follow, whether you do things on claims, whether you believe in the blockchain, whether you go direct, whether you do white labeling. To me, these are all um, secondary tactical measures, but you got to get this thing out of your mind that you got to partner better. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. You know, um, and uh, I believe that partnerships are really going to be the key to transforming and continuing the transformation within this part, within the insurance industry. You know, to the point that you made around opportunistic deployment um, around, uh, you know, taking a, a more staged approach to the, the to approach to the calculated risk that these organizations are taking on. I mean, that inherently is, is the insurance space. And, and you know, in, in order to drive that, um, that comes along all parts of the insurance value chain, you know, from the the risk taking component, but also, frankly, even from the, uh, the, 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 the element of deriving and then driving and developing new products to, to handle the changing customer expectations and experience. And, and you know what I see? I, I see the beauty in what's been playing out over the past uh, few years or so is that there are insure techs like yours that's focused on different areas of the insurance value chain in which you can help insurance carriers take that staged um, uh, risk taking when it comes to deriving and defining and distributing new products and, and new business models. So, you know, um, I, I want to ask you this question, you know, what are your thoughts around the benefits of insurance carriers partnering and engaging with insure techs like yours instead of trying to define and design a capability on their own within their uh, within their own organizations? So I think, I mean, you know, it's this this classical, um, you know, make, buy, and by buy, because we're talking insurance company actually buying a company, right? Not buying a service <laughs> or partnering, which is the usual buy um, thing. So make, buy, partner. And um, the simple answer is it really depends. But again, from my point of view, the one thing that will always be um, returning the best um, risk return is partnering, and by part because you have you don't really you know you're in an uncertain market. Okay, you you could try to to build it yourself. Now, for that to 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 work really well, you would have to be able to hire the best talent, have a better understanding of the market, and be exposed to enough market signaling to build the best solution which is quite difficult in a single organization to do, um, but it can be. To buy, okay, would require you to, to, to spot these technologies better than others, to price them well, and then to retain the talent from, from, from doing it. Now, the nice thing about partnering, depending on how you structure it, you first of all, you get that benefit straight away. Um, you might have higher variable costs, um, but you, you get that inje injection of, um, of, of talent straight away. And you can actually then, when you partner, have a view around, do I want to make this myself or actually buy them? So to me, whether you want to make or buy, um, I would always partner first. Because it doesn't give you any, it doesn't give you any risk. You learn so much, and um, you basically then just—it um, just, it just seems to me a, a better approach. And quite frankly, 
I would I would suggest that if decision making was if decision makers um, if it was their own money on the line, people would partner more. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, so so you know, um, as uh, as you see uh, your organization, let's say in the next eighteen or so months, you know, what are you thinking about uh, what the future for Casco is going to resemble? Okay, so I think for the for the next eighteen months, very very clear, we have two main objectives um, on our agenda, other than you know um, um, onboarding more insurance customers, um, deploying more products. Number one. Um, building out um, our existing customer base, proving to our customers um, that we cannot just do, you know, the fancy cyber insurance policy that didn't, but that we can actually significantly add value by bringing on your existing book of business because we make it easier to distribute. Um, Number two, deploying um, increasing self-service capabilities because we don't believe and we don't want to lock in our partners by um, charging professional service fees and, you know, configuration and integration, but by opening up our platform so that um, others can deploy insurance products um, on our platform. Now, I don't think it'll actually be short term that, you know, we'll... You know, a lot of um, developers are just going to um, 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 build these products on our platform. But it's very important for in a carrier to show a path. We won't lock you in into exuberant or no, exuberant is probably the wrong word, uh, excessively expensive uh, professional service contracts. Whenever you're ready, you can build on the, on the platform yourself. But more importantly, we can also then partner with other IT vendors, IT consultancies, and even ourselves outsource our capabilities. So um, we're not restricted by how many products we can deploy in any given time by our own IT capacity. So, so that's the short term view over the next 18 months. The one thing that we're really, what we're really going for is creating um, an insurance network where carriers can design their products, but which is already connected to the various distribution partners, distribution channels within um, any 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 country, so that it's not only about time to market, but it's then time and cost to integration and adjustment of that, where we see a real market need because the level of inefficiency of creating a product we get, but then distributing and connecting that product to the various distribution channels that's a real that's a real shame <laughs> absolutely you know so so hey nick, nick you know no one of the uh, questions that i always like to ask because i, I want to make sure that what we're talking about here is tangible and um, you know people that are listening in this industry can go back and 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 do something and apply the information that they're learning is you know if uh, someone wanted to change the status quo in the organizations that they're working in and and really um, you know uh, develop and um, do something transformational and innovative in their organizations you know what advice would you give them in order to be able to do that I would say um, this is actually something that I've because I don't know, right? I, I'm just talking to whoever's figured it out on the other end because otherwise they usually wouldn't work with us, at least in the beginning. So what, what, what our um, champions told us, they were like things, um, don't sell the whole vision at one point. Be willing to compromise. Make sure that you are at least 
that you that you get at least twelve to eighteen months to figure this out because you cannot you can you cannot test um, a, a product in three months. Absolutely, you know, I, I think that that's great advice. And um, you know, to to your point, um, you know, a lot of people are are trying to design a product that they then could potentially be sort of fit into a market, um, you know, as they're trying to find the product market fit. But in the end, um, I always believe that you start from the customer first figure out the value and the need uh, or the need of the customer and what value you can provide and then what capabilities can solve those needs so um so i i do think with that advice you hit the nail right on the head so so hey nick you know um, i i do want to say thank you you know this was a, a a really great conversation and i'm sure that those that are listening are going to get a lot out of this now um I, a lot of people love to uh you know get connected and and really continue the conversation so if folks wanted to learn more about your organization um, and want to get connected with you to continue this conversation, you know, what's the best way for them to do that? Hit me up on, uh, on LinkedIn, um, um, Nicholas um, um, Suom, um, or um, send me an email um, at nsuehr at casco, K-A-S-K-O dot I-O. Um, more than happy to um, discuss. Perfect, perfect, and, and and I'll make sure I put that information in the show notes so folks could um, get easy access to using. You know, so hey Nick, uh, you know, once again, thank you. I truly appreciate it, and I'm just going to continue to look forward to what Casco has to bring over the next few years. Awesome, Abel. Thought, um, thank you so much for um, this opportunity. Uh, was a real pleasure, and um, you know, keep doing what you're doing. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast. Now, I know a lot of you have been listening to the episodes from day one, but if you want to get these on a weekly basis, hit that subscribe button so it can come to you each week. Uh, thank you once again. I do truly appreciate it. And for all those that have reached out to me over the years, um, I truly appreciate getting to know you. So thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.